You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. The Big Show is powered by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca at the bottom of the hour. Do our locks of the day. But right now, NFL analyst for CBS, NFL Network. Mr. Charles Davis brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, gentlemen. How's everything? No, it's good. We're still obviously have a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, (laughs) I looked looked, uh, this number up, and I want to immediately get your thoughts on this. In the last three Super Bowls, Charles, because we talked about Kyle Shanahan heading into this game, Kyle Shanahan has been outscored 62 to 26 in second half of Super Bowls. How much stock do you put yeah. into that number? More stock into it in terms of lately because the first time he was the offensive coordinator at Atlanta, they were up 28 to 3. So that wasn't all him, quote unquote, right? Because yeah. I know everybody's like, well, they got too conservative. They did this, they did that. But the defense <laughs> gave up a bunch to him. Oh, by the way, that was Tom Brady. All right. And he actually said it before this game because they asked him, you know, remember prior to this game, it had been the Atlanta collapse against New England and then a 10-point lead with about seven minutes to go against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Right. So his stock answer was the second one hurt me more than the first because in the second one, head coach, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, the first one was Tom Brady. Well, now you can add to it, well, now it's Patrick Mahomes twice because we're headed veering towards that territory. But that still doesn't help you in terms of what were you doing, what was your strategy, what was this, what was that. And I think in this case, it wasn't so much the points and the being outscored. It's much more down the stretch. Now you get to overtime and you take the ball, right, And (laughs) what's your strategy session, like, in in terms of that, you know? Because really, in overtime, you want to be second, not first. And he took it with the idea that we're going to go down and score and put the pressure on Mahomes as opposed to, I need to know what I need to counter versus this one, which, like, in college football, in, you know, the, the overtime thing, you never see anyone take the ball first if they don't have to. You just don't. Take a second, know what your counter is. In this case, he wanted that. And then he talked about after the game, and I'll stop here, but this is the one that blew me away was when he was at the presser. And he said, well, we were talking about getting to the third, the, third, the second time we get the ball. I was like, what? What do you mean getting the second time we get the ball? We'll be, we'll be even, and then all we need is a field goal. What? No, you never, you never in overtime think in those, that direction. You're trying to get it done right here, right now. And then you heard from Kansas City, hey, if we scored, we were going for two. We were never thinking about another opportunity. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it seems like Kansas City had a plan. It appears San Francisco did not. And too many San Francisco players have said, we didn't know the overtime rule. What? Yeah. Too much. Way too much. Yeah, uh, Charles, I, I wanted to ask you about that because apparently the Chiefs talked about that in training camp about the new overtime yeah. rules and That's, what if yeah. this happens. How is yeah. that possible in the biggest game of the year with two weeks to prepare? How did some of the players not know the interview, uh, the interview, the overtime rules? That's, it's, you know, so 
my dad, who I played for in high school, played basketball in high school, you know, best coach I ever played for. All right, this is how it works, right? One of his pet sayings was, we must prepare for every eventuality. Now, is that truly possible? Probably not, right? Because eventualities keep creeping up, right? We keep making new laws because different things happen, right? But that's the point. Everything that you know at this stage, you should prepare for. And everyone talks about doing it, but invariably certain things get missed. Apparently, that was one on for San Francisco. Kansas City did what my sainted coach in college, John Majors, used to talk about. We used to have periods like during training camp. At the end of the day, before you started your last set of meetings in the evening, we'd have what we called um, uh, extra, um, extra point or extra edge. And he would propose a scenario, and we would go through it. If this were to occur, this is how we need to handle it. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, I used to call it the winning edge. And we would do that every night in training camp. And then during the season, there'd be a winning edge period once a week where you'd go over everything. Now, do you get to everything? You hope you are. The chances are, eh, you're probably not. (laughs) But, But you're trying to. And that's what you're supposed to do. Overtime rules, folks, that should be pretty elementary. Yes, they've changed in the last few years, but that's what you cover in training camp every year. You have officials come to your training camp and address you and give you a full PowerPoint demonstration on here are the new rules, and they bring tape with them. Okay? Or here are the rules of emphasis. You guys have heard that a lot, right? You know, hey, there's been too much contact downfield against receivers. We're going to emphasize the five-yard rule. And here's the tape to show you why we're doing it and what we're looking for. How they wouldn't know that is beyond me. I, I have no explanation for that. None. I mean, there, and truthfully, there is none. What did you make of all the players spilling the beans after the game as well? Because, listen, these guys tell us little white lies at, at every turn, and I think it was surprising that all the players kind of came out and said, yeah, we were all kind of a, a little perhaps unprepared in this. To me, it felt like they were throwing their coach under the bus. I think that more so – have we ever been, let's put ourselves all in a situation where you've been extremely disappointed. Has there ever been a time when you're, have you ever, are you ever more vulnerable or more expressive than during your most extreme disappointment? It's kind of like watching one of those cop shows when they finally convince the criminal that they have all the goods. Mm. And then the criminal goes, all right, but let me tell you how it all went down. Cause it wasn't just me. Yeah. Okay. It's Bobby over here and Susie over here and him over here, right? That once they're convinced that it's over, mm-hmm. you get it all. I don't think it was as much that they were pointing a finger at Kyle as the extreme disappointment kicked in. And I think they talked. And I'll bet you they're looking back now like, that didn't go so well, did it? <laughs> because they weren't trying to do it. They were just like, I didn't know that was the rule. I thought we had, I'll put it to you this way. I was doing the international broadcast of Mm -hmm. the the world feed with my partner, Ian Eagle. Mm -hmm. And we're in that second overtime. I mean, in that first overtime and we're headed down and the clock's ticking. And it occurred to me and it occurred to me that people are going to think they've got to get this done before the clock runs out. Right. Because that looks like the end of the game again, but it's not overtime rules are different. So I poked Ian and we did our little eye contact or whatever. He knew exactly where I was going, and he set it up. And I said, hey, folks, don't worry about the clock on this drive with Kansas City. They're not playing against the clock. They're playing against the possession because we're in overtime. Okay? 
they get their full possession. So if the clock runs out and then I jumped in and said, we're just going to another period and Kansas City keeps the football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and I think that, that, that throws people off too when you get into those types of situations. So I felt very good. I felt very good that we were able to make sure everyone understood that because it looked like you're playing against the clock, doesn't it? Oh, my God, it's three seconds left. They got to get to say, no, they're good. They just managed to get it done. And the, one of the funnier things out of this is we had a major press conference on Tuesday, right? Whoever's announcing the game, you know, CBS has the game. They go up and do their presser and introduce all the people working on the game, blah, 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 blah. Sean McManus, our outgoing president, is retiring after the Masters. He's at the mic, and in the middle of it, he just a little funny line. He says, I got the script from the NFL, because you know all year long people have been talking about the script of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. He said, I got the script from the NFL, and it told us that we're going to have a double overtime oh, game boy. on Sunday. And everyone in the room laughed, right? <laughs> and it got big play in the media and social media and everything else. We were three seconds away from him nailing it. <laughs> Just like they needed, right? More tinfoil hats. The NFL needs that for sure. Um, I did and, want- we needed that, and we needed that second half, too, didn't we? Oh. Because in the first half, weren't we veering towards Atlanta, Super Bowl, New England, and the Patriots? It was 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the first quarter, guys. Yep. First thing I thought in my head was, oh, boy, are we getting the Atlanta Super Bowl? <laughs> Because that's how people would perceive it because mm-hmm. of score. And then sure enough, second half, things picked up, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, go ahead. Well, it was a grind early on. Um, one of the key plays, and a couple of the key plays in the first half ended up being fumbles, but the Isaiah Pacheco one happens. Yeah. Travis Kelsey yes. bumps, collides, basically takes out his head coach, Andy Reid, after he wasn't happy with being off the field for that particular play. What did yeah. you make of the entire instance? And what did you make of what they said post-game as well? Because I feel like it would have been a little bit of a different tone if the game goes the other way. You're exactly right. I'll make this, I'm going to be succinct for this one. A different style of coach, it never happens. That tra- Travis may never play. A different style hmm. of coach. Hmm. But a different style of coach would have never kept Travis in the first place. Because you've got to trace the history and who Travis Kelsey's been through his career. I call him the prodigal son. Okay, and Andy in this term would be that biblical figure. Okay, welcoming the prodigal son home all the time. Did they fight? Did they squabble? Did they do this? Yes, but they always worked it out and they always had the love. If you trace Travis's career and you piece together the number of times he and Andy have gone at it over the silent, and not nothing like that, but where Travis has done something stupid on the field, gotten him a penalty, and Andy's given him what for and what have you, and then afterwards he's got his hand around his neck. Come on, kid, we're going to keep getting it. It's very simple. Production, tolerance. The higher the production, the higher the tolerance. The less the production, the less the tolerance. A different coach, different outcome. Andy and Travis have been through it many, 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 many times. Okay? Did you notice when Andy got bumped, he just immediately turned his back and picked up his play sheet and kept coaching the game? Yeah. He didn't even look back. Okay? He knows his kid. They just got to get him back under control. At the end of the first half, he had one catch, guys. At the end of the game, I think he had nine for 93 yards. Yep. They had to work on getting him back into the game and figuring a way to get him open, and they did in the second half. Different coach, different outcome. Andy and Travis have been through the mill. The only thing I'm really disappointed in is after the game, Travis didn't offer the apology I think he owed his coach. Mm-hmm. It was too much. It was too much. Yeah, I should have been in the game. You kind of bark. 
But you bump into your coach like that, not cool. He really should have said after the game, I really apologize for that with my coach. He knows I love him, and I think that would go a long way. Because if you read certain articles now, it's turned into another thing. If it had been a, a problem player in the past and he had bumped into his coach, would have been a much bigger cause to celebrate. But Travis right now in the moment, Taylor Swift, who he is, the light is different. I don't think it needed to be different. He owed his coach an apology. Bigger story, Charles. Um, Andy Reid falls down after getting bumped by Travis Kelsey or Usher falls down while wearing roller skates. I thought Starlight Express broke out at halftime. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden I was like, whoa. <laughs> Is, are we doing a remake of Roll Bounce? Did I miss something here? I have to admit it. I, I'm just saying it. I, I was not over the moon when I heard it was Usher to begin with. Yeah. Good performance at halftime? Yes. I'm not taking anything away. I, I would hope that it would have been a bigger story if Andy fell down <laughs> than if Usher fell down. Right. But chances are Usher would have been the bigger story just because, you know, in the moment, musical act, all eyes on him, et cetera. Good show. I wasn't I wasn't yeah. excited going in and I didn't leave excited. In fact, I thought the cameos that came out where I was more excited about. I was more excited when Ludacris came out and Alicia Keys came out. And little yeah. John came out. I was more excited about them. But that's just me. My whole family gave me a lot of grief about my opinion and, and where I was on that. So. Uh, Charles Davis, NFL analyst, NFL on CBS, joining us courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza, pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Um, Charles, saw something on uh, social media last night that I thought was very interesting, the road that it took the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and uh, it's yeah. tough. Um, again, biggest cap hit in the NFL for Patrick Mahomes, $37 million. Their offensive line was supposed to be weak. Their number one receiver uh, was a rookie. They were forced to play six straight games at a rest disadvantage weeks 12 to 17. The only time a team had to do that in NFL history, they played in Germany. They didn't have a first round bye. They were underdogs in the divisional round, the conference round, and the Super Bowl, and still ended up winning the whole damn thing how tough was this road yeah. to this championship for those guys very tough um some of it i give more credence than others the rest disadvantage on the schedule it's interesting that you you were able to just you know you've discerned it deciphered it very quick question for all for all of us did we hear that mentioned once during the season nope not once the answer is no Okay, but now now it comes out because they've achieved this, so we've made it even more monumental. Terrific, all right? So during the season, it never really came up, so I kind of take that and put it to the side a little bit. Going to Germany, they knew it before the season. <laughs> it wasn't a surprise trip. Everyone's going to be going now. Again, someone's going to have to play with that. I get all that. You go into the playoffs and you have to play on the road. Well, you have to play on the road because you didn't earn, didn't earn, earn it being at home. You can't, you know – when it was the Arrowhead Invitational, they had earned it every year, right? By record, right. they had earned the chance to be there. This year, they didn't earn it, so guess what? You got to go that way. As much as I don't like talking about Aaron Rodgers right now, <laughs> because Aaron is, you know, veered in different categories and places, I'm waiting for him just to be a player again. But that year, the Packers won it before we went to an extra team in the playoffs. They were the sixth seed. They had to go through everyone on the road, including the Atlanta Falcons, who were the number one seed on the road to get to the Super Bowl and then beat Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. So people have done this before, but yes, again, monumental extra game playing in Germany, 
I'm not taking anything away from them on it at all. The reason they had a rookie as their number one receiver is because of the decisions they made in the front office about who they're going to keep as receivers. So you, you see where I'm going with this. You yep. helped set up some of where you are. Now, did you overcome it? Yes. But here's the other part. Think about two years ago when they decided they were going to part with Tyreek Hill and everybody lost their mind. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they decided we're going to build differently. We're going to do it. We're going to – well, they ended up investing on the defensive side of the ball. What part of the team made them Super Bowl champions the most this year? The defensive Defense side of the ball. Yeah. And they overcame some bad offense because they have number 15 who is simply spectacular. And, yes, Lamar Jackson deserved NFL MVP for the regular season. But I'll say it one more time. We give those awards out each and every year, and in individual seasons, other people can pop up. Who's your MVP every season? It's number 15. It's LeBron James thing, right? It really is. It's Listen, it was a Michael Jordan thing. Yeah. I mean, think all the years when we gave MVPs to other people. Were they better than Michael Jordan? No. <laughs> Did they have that year we were looking to award the trophy to someone else? Yes. Mm-hmm. But who's who's truly the MVP each and every year? Who's really the person? Yeah. Are you really taking Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes? No. You're not. I mean, that's just the way it is. And and by the way, he finally threw an interception playoff. Seven games in a row. I mean, six games in a row, no interceptions, 203 passes in a row. He got to 218 or 219 in his seventh game. And threw a bad pick. He threw one like a first ba- uh, a pitcher picking up a slow roller and sailing it on the first baseman. Because Kelsey was open. He threw it over his head. Yeah. But guys, that's it. That was his first mistake in seven straight playoff games. And when the chips were down and there's a minute 57 on the clock, did you guys have any, du- any doubts they would at least tie the game? None. No. None. That's yeah. where this kid is. And And, and by the way, we really shouldn't judge quarterbacks on one loss record like we do pitchers in baseball, right? We always talk about that. Or if we do the plus minus, whether it's in hockey or basketball, that sort of a thing. We really shouldn't. Hell with it. I'm doing it. He's 15 and three in 18 playoff games and championship games combined. 15 and three. Who did he lose to? Brady twice and Burrow once. That's it. Charles, I wanted to ask you at the end of regulation, I was a little surprised that they didn't try to throw the ball into the end zone with six seconds left instead of opting for the field goal and leaving three seconds on the clock. Were you? No, because I thought they'd gotten into that position where they were in no man's land. It was one or the other, and if you threw it into the end zone, if you go back to throw the football and the first read is shot and you take one more hitch, and clock keeps running, and you sail it. Remember, the clock doesn't stop until the ball hits something in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. or in the sidelines. It's got to hit the stands, it's got to hit the ground, it's got to hit the personnel. That's when the clock stops. So if you sail it and you don't hit anyone, you might that extra second might go, and guess what? You got nothing. So you better get the three right there. Seven seconds, you're still pressing it, but you feel a little bit better. If you ask any of the people, analytics, coaches, anyone, six seven is the answer you're going to get from everyone. I thought when they got to six, and I said it with Ion on our, our broadcast, kick it. I don't risk it. I got to get it now. If you have a little bit more time, because when it got to 10 seconds, I said, if they go really fast, maybe they can get two. But I'm not sure they can get two plays off. It just depends on how quickly these plays go. 
But guys, you go back in that pocket, right? One one thousand, two one thousand. Oops, I can't throw it. Now you're at three one thousand, four one thousand. Now the ball's in the air, and if it doesn't hit anything, you may run out of time, and then everyone thinks you're a real bozo. You got nothing. Get the three. Rely on that. Hope your defense can hold. And they managed to do it, and they got to overtime. So I, I give them credit for that. Look, the game turned on a punt return where a rookie blocking doesn't hear the punt returner giving the Peter call. And that's the call. That's a universal. If, if you are not able to field the football, the universal call in all football levels now is Peter, 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 Peter. Get away from it. Get away from it. And the rookie didn't get it or didn't get his head around in time. And you saw how the ball hit his foot. It glanced, I mean, it barely got him, but it did. And then the mistake I thought Ray Ray McLeod made was he didn't dive for the football. He tried to pick it up. You mm-hmm. go get the ball. You're not picking it up and making an extra play. You go get it. And when he missed, that's when Kansas City jumped on the football and things started to change right there. That's how close this game was. And at one point, do you remember when San Francisco went three, four straight possessions with no points, up 10 to three? I looked at I, and, and there's one time they showed Kyle Shanahan's face. I said, you see that face right there? That's the face of lost opportunity. Because he knows if you don't get a two-score lead on that guy over there, he's coming. And, he, and, and here's our chance, and they've blown it. And guess what? Here he came. Charles, what part of this game or this weekend felt different because it was in Las Vegas? Oh, walking down the street and having three-quarter naked women asking you to come to their club. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, every city has different things, don't get me wrong. But in Vegas, that's just natural. In other places, it would look totally – you'd be like, whoa, what the heck's going on? I mean – I did shows every night, let's, let's just call it 7 to 10, 7 to 11 p.m., all right? Eastern time, okay? It's 40 degrees. It's been raining. It's desert air. It's damp, it, and the wind is blowing. And these women are coming down there, backsides all exposed and the whole thing. <laughs> hey, come to our club. Come to our club. Maybe a, little, maybe a little wrap around them, and that's about it. I was like, you guys are way tougher than me. Okay, I've got an extra shirt on underneath my dress shirt. I got double socks on. I got the whole deal. And you walk around here in heels and doing this. Unbelievable. And then to see that new, the spear that they've got, which is so yeah. incredible. By the way, it costs more to build the spear than it did to build Allegiant Stadium. But I had a couple of people who were able to go see U2 in concert. They said it seats about 18,000 people in there. And they said the, the show and the production and everything you can do with all the screens and all that is off the charts. So, you know, maybe one day I'll get back there and go to that. But, yeah, that, that's the part that felt it. Everything else felt like a normal Super Bowl. Traffic was rough. You know, a lot of fans in. Um, it's a celebration of the league. So, yes, there's Kansas City and, and San Francisco fans dominating. But I remember going out for walks in the morning, and I literally could see every other team in the league represented by people wearing their stuff. People show up for that. They don't need tickets. They just want to be around it. Yeah. They just want to come for the good time, go to the parties, you know, go to the tailgate. Whatever it is that's happening, just be a part of the atmosphere. 
They would, they came in rocking their team's gear, even though their team wasn't in the Super Bowl. I literally saw every other team. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's not like I even had to count. Everywhere you went, you saw it. So that's part of what goes on. That was about it. And I guess the last would just be the juxtaposition because if you're staying in a hotel in Las Vegas, you're likely walking to a casino to get to your room. Mm-hmm. And me working for NFL Network, I've signed a thing where I can't do any of those things. I can't do any gaming while I'm there. I can't, you know, pull slots. I can't do any of that stuff. I can't bet, da, 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 da. And you're walking through saying, yeah, this is interesting. I can't do any of it, yet I'm staying in a place where that's all that is going on. <laughs> right. Um, Charles, before we let you go, uh, hmm. we look forward to the draft and free agency now. Um, yes. Where does yes. Caleb Williams go? Is he going number one to Chicago? How is this going to work? I think he's going one. I think he's going one only because Chicago has totally remade their offensive staff. If, you, if you're going to run it back with Justin Fields, and you've heard no issues that Justin Fields hates his coordinator, his coordinator hates him. In fact, you've heard nothing but the opposite. If you're running it back with him, why do you blow up your whole offensive staff? Right. And they did. So I think I think he's going one. Unless something really crazy happens. Then then it gets interesting at two. Like if I'm Chicago, if I've blown up my staff, I'm going for a new quarterback. I'm doing all my evaluations on that. The number one pick is not in play for me if I'm Chicago. The number one pick I'm using if I like this quarterback or I like Drake May. I'm not giving up that pick. You know why? Because I have a nine. I have number nine. So I want to mm-hmm. play around with some. I'll play around with number nine, but not one. Because if you give up one, they may take the guy you want. So take who you want at one. Come back at nine. And if you want to play around and gain some players or what have you. But one, uh-uh. Not if you've blown up your staff. That doesn't make any sense to me, but we got a long way to go. But as we yep. sit here now, I think Caleb Williams is one. I do think Drake May is two to Washington. I think Jaden Daniels is three to New England. As we sit here now, long way to go. But mm-hmm. all of them have a desperate need at that position. Washington will have a new head coach. You, you grow with your new quarterback. And New England, new head coach, and no quarterback on the roster that anyone wants to play with right now. And Justin Fields, his destination will be super interesting as well. Yeah, well, look, look, there's, there's Atlanta out there. There's Pittsburgh yep. out there. I think a few of these teams are looking for a veteran-type guy or a guy who has played to either help them or bridge them because of where they're sitting in the draft, and they won't get one of those top quarterbacks that they would really want and don't have the capital to go get them. Mm-hmm. So he, he, Kirk Cousins, right, Russell Wilson, those types of guys are going to be in play to go to those types of teams. So let's keep an eye on that in the offseason as well. Uh, it's going to be super uh, interesting and fantastic. Uh, Charles, we can't thank you enough for taking time to join our show week in, week out. Uh, we appreciate everything you've done. Uh, we, we hope that you'll be back with us uh, in September when the football season comes in, and we'd love to check in so. with you around draft time as well. Yeah, listen, check in anytime. You guys know I love hanging out with you, and I can't thank you guys enough for being so great to me. I really appreciate it. Last question as we go off for this time. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the goalie last night for Calgary who stoned my Rangers like that on those, on those point blank shots? Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I, was, I was watching that going, are you freaking kidding me? 
I mean, once, yes, but twice on the same ship. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was that was that was not cool for my Rangers, but that was cool for him. But you guys are the best. It's absolutely wonderful. Thanks a lot. And please check in with me during any time you want during this run up to the draft. That means I'll actually have to study. So I appreciate that. Put the pressure on me. Sounds good. Thanks, Charles. We'll catch in with you soon. Have Thanks a good again. summer. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. See you soon. There's Charles Davis, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection locations in Calgary and Okotoks. I'm a little sad right now. Yeah. Miss him already. He's so good. Yeah. So gracious is. with his time. Pat's sad like because he's now he's got to find another guest for every slot on Monday. Yeah. I mean, you usually have Cron, but then, uh, yeah, it's just that other, <laughs> you need to find that other thing going. But, like, and again, like, he's so, like, he's so good and so kind and, and so smart. And, like, he's on the second team of CBS. Like, millions of people watch him every week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. And we get him on our show. It's awesome. Yeah, we'll have him uh, maybe uh, end of April before the draft. I know yeah, he, for the draft, He'll for be sure. covering it for NFL Network out in Detroit, so that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, catch up with Charles then, too. All right. Um, do you want to play that uh, Tortorella audio that you sent uh, to us? Uh, I didn't have a chance to listen to it just yet. I usually send Patrick, you guys. Good? I usually send you guys. I haven't stuff. listened yet. I'll listen to it. <laughs> I send you guys stuff so I can remember to listen to it in the break. Okay. Um, so, but maybe. All right. There's. Uh, <laughs> let's play that. And uh, something was brought up earlier about the Calgary Flames. And the Ridley Gregg situation that I want to ask you guys about before we get to our lock of the day. I'm in. All right. We'll do that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up today's program with our lock of the day. Courtesy of our friends at Metal Supermarkets Calgary. Uh, but first, we're going to do a couple things here. Uh, number one, I teased it for the break. Um, John Tortorella, really not warm to a Philadelphia podcaster slash reporter. Remember the whole trade that went down and Kevin Hayes' name was... Cutter Goche asked to be traded from the Flyers to the Ducks, and then a podcast implied that Kevin Hayes had part to do with the reason that Cutter Goche didn't want to sign with the Flyers organization, yeah. which proved to be completely unfounded. Right. You mean that? Uh, and that reporter's name is uh, Anthony uh, Sanfilippo. And uh, he tried to ask Torts a question post game last night. And uh, it's the best because this, this audio is during the, the broadcast at the end of the broadcast, too. So it's like they have to cut to break. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, here it is. Yeah, uh, that way. I know he scores on the penalty shot, but Morgan's on. I'm not answering your questions. Is that Al? They asked that question? Uh, no, never. <laughs> oh, my God. He must have been. For Torts not to ask your question, must have really been bad. Yeah, he's consistent, Torts. Yeah, he sure is. We'll be ah, back no. in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not answering your question. He's done that a few times to Anthony uh, since the Cutter Goche trade, and um, I guess that's his prerogative. Yeah. I don't think he's been fined by the league or anything like that. Um, they're uh, certainly allowing him into the media veils, so he's not being banned from covering the team. Just his questions are not being answered. And sure. here's the thing. 
I think that even if the league said something to Torts, if he started to actually answer his questions, he would not really answer his questions the same way that a lot of players, staff do when they don't want to answer our questions, but they're obligated to speak into a microphone. Right. Um, Maybe not go with something you thought was uh, ironclad information. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw what happened with the Columbus Blue Jackets podcast yesterday, but... Yeah. Um, they also were under fire yesterday for b- doing some pretty awful stuff in regards to Patrick Line. And yeah, it's just one of those things where <sighs> sometimes I people t- say things that. into mics that, uh, end yeah. up costing them. Yeah. I did see that uh, little clip for the, uh, Columbus blue jackets and there's like four dudes. Like yeah. there's really four guys doing a Columbus blue jackets podcast. And the girls there as well. But, yes, there's five of them there. Um, doing five the, people doing the Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. Yeah. Good, good for Liney to go after him, too. Yeah. Yeah, there but was I, something implied by one of the hosts that was extremely out of taste and pretty repulsive. And uh, the and obviously Patrick Liney is away in the player assistance program right now. So, yeah, there's it, it was... Tasteless to say the least, and and caused Patrick Liney to call out the podcast on social media. And yeah. I know a lot of money has been raised towards his um, mental health kind of um, engagement or foundation or whatever you want to call it. The the charity that he supports, um, they've raised quite a few money, quite a bit of money there in the Columbus organization because of it. But yeah, this thing, these things happen. People say things that they definitely shouldn't, and yeah, sometimes um, they pay the price. Yeah, Torts uh, not happy with uh, Anthony there post game uh, as well. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Cron, the whole Ridley Gregg situation, and we'll see what the suspension looks like for Morgan Riley today. And you guys mentioned that uh, Martin Bosmasil would be the guy most likely to do that for the Calgary Flames. I want to go around the room and ask you guys this question: Who is the second most likely to guy to rip a clapper into an open net? And who is the least likely guy to do that on the Flames? Least Maddie, go first. Least likely is Yegor Sharangovich. Oh, okay. Uh, without a doubt, I just don't think he's got the the spice to his game. I okay, think you've got to have a, a certain uh, level of. Uh, I don't know how to, say s- quoi? how to say it without cursing, but a little bit of a. Double bird salute to everybody but myself kind of feeling if you're going to be uh, ripping clappers into the empty net. So I would put Yegor at the top of my would not list. As far as would, uh, Kadri's on that list. Connor Zary is on that list. I could see Rasmus Anderson doing that as well. Um, I think that's it. I think that's who I have on my list. Okay. Um. Patrick, who's the guy, uh, second most likely guy after Pospisil to do it, and who's the least likely guy in the Flames? Uh, I would think, I don't know if this was like five years ago, Nazem Kadri. Uh, he would do that maybe. Mm, least likely to do it, probably Jonathan Huberdo. Okay. Hmm. All right. He already said he doesn't like shooting on net, so he passes anyways. So. <laughs> there you go. I think they scare him a little. That's pretty good. It's pretty smooth, Patrick. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. That's pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. GVP, what do we got? 
Uh, I think Kadri is the obvious answer. I want to throw maybe. Really? Yeah, I I want to throw maybe Michael Backlund. He's a, he's a passionate. <laughs> he's a very very passionate guy. It wouldn't be Especially in the same sort of tone as, as Ridley Greg against the Oilers. Yeah, I, I feel like wide. if it was like a, like uh, a huge rivalry game like the Edmonton Oilers or maybe a playoff game, if the Flames are able to sneak into it, then I, I feel like he would be a guy that would just ice the game with a huge clap bomb into an empty net. Empty netter game seven boa. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Oh, McDavid might. Oh, he might melt. He might actually become yeah. a puddle. Okay. So and least if, likely, I think, would be Mackenzie Weger. He would just throw a little muffin into the net and ah. ice the game off. So I'm really surprised you mentioned Michael Backlund because he was on my least likely list. Being the captain of the team now and being where he is in his NHL career, I think he'd be the least likely. <laughs> but what you just said, if he ripped a clapper into an open net to eliminate the Oilers, like to seal a, a seven-game series against Edmonton, I think they'd build a statue in Calgary at that moment. <laughs> like, it, like, it wouldn't would. be the same type of tone as, as really Greg, you know what I mean? Like, Right. Like, I don't know. Um, my, uh, my second most likely, Kuzmenko. Yeah. I can yeah. see that Lying down there with his candy cane tape, like with his flow, just whipping in the wind, Playoffs, getting ready to go. release a clapper. <laughs> Got a He's giant the smile team. on He'd his be face. Like, hey, look at me, guys! I can do this move too. Kuzmenko would be my second choice behind Pospisil. I don't know. And I th- could see him doing it. He's got a little bit of personality to yeah, him. That's that what I mean, he, I could certainly see him getting into it. Yep. Uh, and the guy, uh, and again, it'd be tough to be in this situation, but I'm going to say it anyway because I, I thought Michael Backlund, Chris Tanev would never do something like that. No, no, never, no, never. I don't think he'd be that close to an empty net. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't even think Blake Coleman would do that either. Uh, no. But Did you yeah. see Manjapani do I that? Don't know. Like, this is the other thing. Maybe. Yeah, I could. He's a little bit It'd of be a nice to score GVP. I'm not going to be honest with oh, you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, R- Morgan Riley's not going to have an in-person hearing now. What? Oh, They redacted it? No. Uh, uh, ma- or... Massive snowstorm in New York City. Uh, it's going to be held virtually. He can't get there. Why'd you say it like that? I know. So why did they do why that? Why did anyway? you do that? Why did you do that? What have you? That is yeah, that like, is no why, news. There's nothing honestly, there. Like, why does he have God, to fly to that? New York to get to have an? In- why do they do it anyway? Because he was bad. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. You got to tell him <laughs> well, to his face. He's not going to prison, Rose. You got to tell him to Yeah, but he's he's got to come. Is he going to Attica <laughs> right after? Like, I think. What are you talking about? It's yeah. <laughs> throw him in the clink. It's stupid. I'll, no, it's not. <laughs> It, yes, it, it is. It implies Zoom meeting. No, it implies that what you did deserves to be discussed in person, and you have to make the trip, yeah. and you have to go and answer for what you've done. <laughs> this okay. is appropriate. You got to tell. You got to stand in front of George Peros and whoever the hell yeah. they have in there. Yeah, you got to answer for your lamp. sins. Yeah, what, you, a, get, you get a mugshot taken grilled. too, fingerprinted. They what got a the two-way last? mirror. Yeah, what you going to do confession <laughs> yeah. virtually for church now? Come on now, settle down. You got to go to person. You got to go in person. You got to answer. You got to ring jump the bell. On a bird, fly all the way to New York to get suspended. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe you don't go cross-checking people in the head sure. and neck. How about that? Pretty easy solution. Or we can like FaceTime George. Hey, what am I getting? All right, thanks, yeah, dude. You do that when <laughs> you do that when you get a, you later. a fine <laughs> or a suspension. They want that to is spin small. the wheel in person. Yeah. They yeah. need to yeah. have them actually. Maybe that's what it is. Go ahead, it. Morgan. Spin that wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like George Perros has one of those Bob Barker microphones. Yeah, he's really talking thin. Into. 
<laughs> I just it feels stupid. Tell him what he wants to show up. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine I that know. he has to walk down like a dragon's den style of tunnel to get into <laughs> okay, the room. I'm out. Now we're talking. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Like there's there's lava beside like the walkway. <laughs> Morgan Riley is being accused of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he has to go through an obstacle course first. Yeah. And every time he touches the ground, he had one more game. Mm. <laughs> Man. We can make Department of Player Safety so much funner oh, than it God, currently is. Way cooler. Currently, they're just clunky transformer noises <laughs> and the worst videos you've ever seen. This is, is cross-checking. <laughs> this is roughing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do our locks of the day. All right. Brought to you by our good friends at Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. What did we do yesterday, Patrick? What did we do yesterday, Oh, well, we all, we, we all were terrible. Oh, good. I continue to be just the worst at this. Curry was... Five points off 30. Doncic was four points. Anthony Edwards was three points off of 25. Like, we were close. So we all went over? We all went over. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, my man uh, tweeted at me listening to the show, Henrik. He goes, I hate Juventus. I'm sorry. I hate him so much. I'm like, all right. that's. <laughs> but I'm going back Same, to bro. Same. Yeah. Uh, he hates the Bancanieri. Okay, so um, I am going to go back to Do the I? soccer well, Maddie. Okay, yeah. I'll learn my lesson. Yep. Uh, UEFA Champions League is back today. It I is. know you're jacked up. I'm fired I know, up. I know your significant other took the uh, day off work. You're going to crowd around the TV this afternoon. You know us so well, George. And watch the UEFA Champions League with the pup. Yuffa. Yeah, we love kickoff. it. We love it, baby. Uh, uh. RB Leipzig has been struggling lately in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. as you're well aware, Patrick. Played to a 2-2 draw over the weekend. I am going to take Real Madrid to win on the road against RB Leipzig, Leipzig today <laughs> in some Champions League action. Lock in Real Madrid. RB Leipzig. <laughs> oh, ba 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 I don't love a lot of these lines today, fellas. I'm not going to lie to you right now. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take the Dallas Stars on the money line against the Carolina Hurricanes. They are at home to the Hurricanes. Um, They are the favorite slightly. Neither team in plus money right now, but still paying out decent. I'll take the Dallas Stars over the Carolina Hurricanes on the money line. Lock it in. What do you got, Patrick? We're going to Toronto, uh, St. Louis Blues, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, Robert Thomas. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to score. What and was he, what was the clip? That was bent. Ro- Matchbox is, 20, Rob oh. Thomas. Robert Thomas. Oh, oh, damn it. Nobody gets it. I don't know who the oh. lead singer is oh, of, you Ro- don't, of Matchbox 20. Rob Thomas, he's massive. Yeah, he's it's, huge. How, how huge is he? He's big in like 2002. Heard? <laughs> you ever heard New York? Have you ever heard the Christmas song? Have a New York City Christmas. He did that. Santana. He had that song with Santana. It was really big. Smooth. Smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, he's uh, only one point seven yeah. meters tall, so he's only like five seven. So I don't know what you're talking about being tall. huge. And it's not that big. <laughs> Anyways, Robert Thomas. Anytime goals plus three hundred. Okay. Yeah. 
Whoa, TVP, what are we that's doing? a cocky lock, oh, plus yeah. 300. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Leafs don't have Riley. <laughs> here's my six-leg parlay. Lock. Uh, I'm going to do hoops here, as always. Um, Lakers taking on the Detroit Pistons here tonight. D'Angelo Russell has been on an absolute surge as of late. It's a big reason why he's still wearing a Lakers uniform. I'm going to take the over on his point total, 17 and a half. Oh, the lock of the, lock of the day is brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. Uh, tomorrow, uh, okay, so before uh, we go, do you want to do uh, each one of you pick a love song that we do, or we just hammer Michael Bolton all morning tomorrow? I would prefer to pick one instead of having to listen to Michael Bolton for three hours. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Uh, I got to plan this sexy morning report, so I got a lot to do. You guys worry yeah, about intros and a, outros. I love a sweet, sappy love song that you can play. What do you mean that I can play? Like as an well, intro? That, that, that we're going to do in and out of the break. It'll okay, be your yeah, choice. no, that's fine. I can come up with that on the fly. I already told you what it is. Right. It's No Hands by Waka Flocka Flame. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Maddie, Patrick, GVP, I'll come up with a super sappy love song that we can come into uh, the top of the hour with and the bottom of the hours with. And I'll come up with one too, and we'll mix in a lot of love tomorrow on the show. We love love. And uh, yeah. I think we'll reach out to Luke Gazdick because I want to hear that Travis Konechny story. I don't think there's really much to the story, but he just called him the worst player he's ever seen. <laughs> so I, I, want, I want to hear that story from Luke because it seems like a good one. I want to hear that story from Travis Konechny. Yeah, yeah, he's just terrible. I How many times do you think with me. Travis Konechny says that to people? He lives in Calgary yeah. in the offseason, I believe. Well, let's find him. <laughs> let's get him. All right, uh, what do you got coming up in Mucho? Uh, we got. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Long Track Speed Skater, 2022 Olympian, gold medalist as well, Ivany Blondin. She's going to be here for uh, the World Championships on over the weekend here at the Olympic Oval. Awesome! Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite <clears throat> podcast, rate and review, subscribe and stuff. If you want, that'd be cool. Uh, have a terrific Tuesday. We will talk to you tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Bye hmm? bye bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.